Hello and welcome to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny where we talk about all things TV. Today we are finally wrapping up our thoughts on Daisy Jones and the Six, the Amazon Prime, I'm sorry, Prime Video miniseries. We've been been hearing a lot lately about what Amazon would prefer their video streaming service to be called. I am Jenny and with me of course is Jess. How are you, Jess? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about these last four episodes. Me too. I feel like it's we've been waiting a while. Wait, was it only well, four? Wait. It felt like more. Yeah, there were four that we haven't talked about yet because okay. they released the show in like four batches. And we did the first two batches and then they released the last four episodes in two chunks. So now we're talking about those. Thank you for that recap because yes. I actually did need it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it felt I don't know why it felt like at least six episodes. I guess they were long-ish. Like when I was watching all of these to talk about this last chunk with you, it just felt longer. Mm, I feel like – does that mean you didn't like them? Because they no. definitely weren't longer. Okay. No, no. I Interesting. Yeah. I think maybe it was just – yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think the last one was an hour, but the yeah, other ones were like 40 to 45. Got it. I, I actually thought they were a little shorter. It's <laughs> <So> interesting <laughs> that you said that. But I was on the treadmill and I was like, please be longer so that I can turn my brain off for – for longer, longer. time. <laughs> no, I, it wasn't the feeling of – it definitely wasn't the feeling of like, oh, God, can this be over? Like, isn't this over yet? Not not that kind of feeling of it longer. It just seemed like I had a lot more content that I was able to watch. I don't know. It was a, it was a good thing. It was a neut- neutral thing, I'll say. But it seems like it was an inaccurate feeling anyway, so it's irrelevant. Uh, I had I've been I've been holding on to something that is – not really relevant to Daisy Zones in the Six, um, but except for the fact that it has to do with like semi seventies fashion a little bit. Uh, I saw this dress that some this person was wearing on TikTok, uh, and she said that it was a vintage wedding dress from like the seventies, but it was based on uh, costumes or based on stuff from like the forties. It's like a prairie dress or whatever. And she was just wearing it, like styling it to wear every day. Uh, and then I became obsessed with trying to find a similar white, like flowy dresses. And it reminded me of some things that potentially Daisy would wear on the show. Um, but I, if you knew how many Etsy tabs I have open currently, just like looking for a white dress that is, semi-vintage, but like also plain, but like also someone in the 70s maybe could have worn for their wedding. Um, Yeah, that's been my like weird black hole deep dive this morning. (laughs) Do you have something to tell me, you and Carter? No, 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 no. (laughs) No, you don't get it. Is this what you texted me about that was like, you were like, I'm obsessed with something I'll tell you on the podcast about this? Yeah, I need to to send (laughs) you screenshots. No, the TikTok of the girl wearing – this dress. First of all, it has like it. You can. I don't know how to describe it. It has simultaneously like 2005 Pride and Prejudice vibes, like that type of dress. You know what I mean when I say prairie dress at all? Like yes, yeah, okay. for sure. Um, but she, I mean, it's just screaming Jenny to me. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> well, like I just sounds like an I mean, article no. of clothing I would never wear that you would totally wear. That would be accurate. Nice I'm gonna insert. <laughs> I'm gonna like share. <laughs> The Instagram story in the next couple of minutes will just be like a picture of a dress and people who know will know, <laughs> don't, won't. Um, but anyway, it'll be a delayed gratification because until we release this podcast, it will have no meaning. Yeah, a little Easter egg. Maybe that's fun. Anyway, 
I'll show it to I you. I thought later. it was going to be like um, music. Like, I thought you were going to like show me a new album to listen to or something. Oh, I was no, like, kind of excited. Better. Yeah, so you sorry. got my hopes up a little too high. No, I've That's been okay. listening to a lot of Carol King old albums. That's what I figured. Like, if you were going to get inspired by something from Daisy, it was going to be like good music to listen to. And I was like, oh, it's mm. going to be. I'm going to get a new recommendation. No, and it wasn't even inspired by Daisy. That's the thing. It was some random girl on TikTok that was like, I just went to the thrift shop and I got this like old wedding dress, but actually it's a whole vibe. Uh, yeah, it just happens to sort of line up. It just happens to line time-wise. up. Time-wise. Well, what else did you do this weekend? Watch anything? Um, no, I'm playing catch up big time. Uh I you watched all four episodes of Daisy Jones, so I guess that would have taken up all of your watching time. Yeah, maybe that's why it felt like it was so long. Um, no, I, yeah, I was. I finished Daisy Jones. I finished Shadow and Bone. Oh, that was a slog. We will. We can talk about that at another time. Mm. But I'm writing about it for this newsletter, so um, I had to finish that. And I really haven't had that much time to watch anything else. I thought I would be. I think we talked about this on the last podcast, but. I thought I would have more time on the plane to watch things, and I just didn't. I was like fitfully trying to sleep, and also I had some books that I'd brought with me. So nothing interesting to report. Um, I was looking forward to checking out Extrapolations. I don't know if you – Oh, we haven't talked about this yet. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I know I it's on your list. Episodes. Oh, okay. I did. I did. Um, it, it's a strong pass from me. You're Maybe not I'll write about that the for new. the newsletter this week. I watched three of them, and I will. Oof, I will have a really hard time continuing to watch, but I might just give it like one heard, or two more episodes. Yeah, I haven't heard great things. I've heard, heard sort of like hesitantly might try more episodes things from other TV. Yeah, people. and that's like me being like, oh well, the message is important, and and the cast is good, and I should try. But it is not working for me so far. Bummer. Yeah, maybe I'll write about that this week. So if people are interested in that one, stay tuned. Yeah. All right. I w- would like to say also, though, that I watched Crashing. Oh, finally. yes. You had texted I feel like me I'm about like this. Many years behind. Oh, I did. Oh, man, I should have left that for. I thought I hadn't told you yet. No, yeah. you have. I feel like ever since I watched Fleabag, I was like, oh, I should watch Crashing. Uh, mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, it's. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's other like short show that actually was released, I think, the same year as Fleabag, but didn't well, catch on the same way. Maybe a year, a year before. earlier, but yeah. It mm-hmm. only has one season, and you can watch the whole thing in like three hours, like mm-hmm. very quickly, uh, three to four hours. And so I just did that one night last night, last week when uh, Matt was ill and I needed something to do. And it was fun. It was weird, like in classic Phoebe Waller-Bridge sort of style. Yeah. I enjoyed I'm, it. Anyway, wanted wanted to slip that in. Yeah, I feel like I have mentioned it four or five times on this podcast, but inadvertently because sometimes I, when we were talking about Sharon Horgan's shows, and I always there there is a show of hers that I always uh, accidentally call Crashing, and then realize that no, Crashing is the Phoebe Waller Bridge. Catastrophe. Catastrophe is the Sharon Horgan. Yeah, so it's come up, but maybe not always in the in the right context. Um, I'm glad you watched it. It is – it's – I feel like it's a really good, fun show. Like, no real stakes, but still smart, like she, like her stuff always is. And like, I don't know, a little witty, a little weird, a little – A little cringy at times. A little times, cringy at but times. But not in like a – this humor is cringy in like a – The characters. They're 
the like le- life's getting a little too real in the way that sometimes life is awkward and yeah. I don't necessarily need to watch that on my TV, but <laughs> Fair enough. she seems to like that genre of humor. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, we can talk about Daisy now. All right. Perfect. I was like, when is <laughs> are we Yeah, good? it's time. I have small talk. Yeah, I watched other things, but we're, we we have small talked and now we can talk about <laughs> Daisy Jones and the Six. Shall okay. we start with overall feelings about the show now that it's done? Yes. I would love to hear yours first if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah, I don't mind. I <laughs> I stand by my B area rating. I had given it a B minus. I would like to up that to a B plus. Ooh, there now was a that little I've seen the whole series. It's like, is it going to? I'm be a very B? much in between is it gonna a B, B and a B plus. plus yeah, yeah, to be honest, it's not like a solid slam dunk B plus. But I think these last few episodes really were were just so entertaining for me that from like recency bias of like just watching them and enjoying them, I'll give yeah. it a B plus. Nice. Okay, I I think I agree. I think I may have given it a B plus. I'm keeping it there. You did the yeah. last the last episodes. Yeah, I also really enjoyed them. Nothing happened that like pushed me further above a B plus. Um, but yeah, I also wasn't super annoyed by anything or like taken out of it by anything. So I agree. I think B plus. We we agree. <laughs> We've come to the I'm, middle. That's shocking. When was the last time? Uh, no, I think plenty. yeah. I think I really ha- I struggled in the beginning separating it from the book. I think as the episodes went on and I learned who these characters were in this version, yeah, I had an easier time doing that. There are a few things that I couldn't get over even by the end. The primary one being Sam Coughlin's age. That oh, bothered that's so me at every turn. That's okay. I was I actually have this written down for whatever reason. At least the final two episodes, maybe even the final three, I wrote down specifically like somehow Sam Claflin seems less old to me. And I don't know if it was just because of like the way his hair was in certain scenes. Not the wigs. Not the wigs. Um, no, I think this was his own hair, not the yeah, wigs. Yeah, no, you're right. In the, <laughs> yeah. in the like present day, it is his own yeah. hair. In the quote unquote it's great, present. though. It's not working for him. I, I, I have to disagree there. For whatever reason, in the last two episodes, Ew, you like the long hair. Oh no, the age. I thought you were telling me his hair worked for you. Uh, yeah, not so much. But it wasn't as bad with the, when it was curly. I felt the same way about everyone in this their seventies era versus their nineties era, which maybe is how it's supposed to be. But they were all more attractive in the like quote unquote. No, no, no. Sorry. You were saying present day, meaning like their 90s um, yeah. thing. No, I, meant I, meant, th- I said present day, but I meant the 70s for okay, whatever me- reason. I didn't say that correctly. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> me too. That's what I'm talking about. All of their like slightly curlier, permed, whatever, much better than whatever their 90s thing is. Well, like, I in- think maybe the 90s ones are all wigs and the 70s ones are all their actual hair. That would check out. So like I- that would make sense. Yeah. Um, even Daisy's, which wouldn't necessarily need to be a wig. It's I think she might have just like trimmed her bangs and kept her hair straight. But like I thought she looked weird and dowdy. Yeah. Oh and, like, yeah. I don't like what they did with her hair and makeup for nineties Daisy. Yeah, but the the curly bangs, the anyway. This is uh all getting off a little a little off topic, but I did think that Sam Claflin looked a little bit less aged in the last few episodes so we are diverging in opinion there 
All right. Well, other than that, to come back to just my overall feelings, that mm-hmm. that I never got over. I, you know, it's funny when we were, uh, well, our audience will know who Fallon is because she's been now on the podcast quite a few times for The Last of Us. But she texted us that she, she thought the show was cheesy after she watched the first episode. Yeah. And I feel like I was I was reflecting after the show ended on what my like why why it's not an A when it was entertaining to me and I liked the performances and the acting and blah 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 other than Sam Coffin's age it it is a little corny like it sort of still feels like they all just like were playing at being 70s rock stars and, and that it, there's something to it that has it has like a glossy sheen instead of feeling really like raw and authentic and I can't put my finger on what that is hmm. was but that I did is that get that feeling different like I I sort of understand, oh, well, at least a version of, of what both of you are saying. But I thought that was just like what it was. But I, I like, is this another, re, uh, another um, instance of the book feels grungier? And so the fact that this doesn't feel grungier is a problem? Or because to me, I'm like, the whole setup is a little bit, I don't know. <laughs> like, I like, I thought the end was so hokey. <laughs> we can get there, but like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. I I guess what I mean is like, and maybe this reference won't hit with everybody, but it's almost like a decom for 20-year-olds. Like <laughs> oh, geez. D- D- Disney Channel original movies are for like, you know, 12-year-olds. It's like maybe that's too mean, but it feels like it's like that for like you get older. People. Oh, I think their acting <laughs> like was way better than that. No, I don't mean the acting. I mean the like the glossiness of it and the like hmm. sort of corny performances that like aren't – like, I, I always – I come back to this every time. But like the music's just like not – it's not best band in the world. It's just like a little corny. It's like not hmm. great. It just has this sheen of like fakeness to it. That even when I could get immersed in the performances and enjoy the show and just like be entertained by it, I still felt like it was like a little too glossy and a little mm. too – I don't need it to be like gritty in, in the substance of the story. So I can't even really explain why I just fe- – I just felt like they like all put on costumes and and pretended to be a band. And mm. I, I don't know how else to explain that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, again, I didn't think that much about it. I, yeah, like I said, I, I kind of think I see where you two are coming from, but having this being my only interaction with this story, whatever corniness or like hokiness that is involved in the show, I kind of thought what just like was the vibe. Like I I was like, oh yeah, I'm going into it. No, I think you're right. Like I think the book is, is probably the same amount of corniness, but it's just like seeing it was a different mm. experience. And plus, if and you're reading a book, you can kind of create other things in your head or like move past certain, I don't know. Yeah. And maybe really what's still taking me out of it is the idea that the same actors are playing their like 70s versus 90s counterparts. Like maybe that's why I feel like they put on costumes and played pretend because it's it takes me out of it so much to see these people be like the same age and they're supposedly like 20 something years later. So that could be a lot of it. Whereas in the book, you you obviously envision the characters, you know, in that time period. And yeah. then in the book, it's 50 years later. So they're also like in their 70s in the book. Oh, wow. That might have been recapping. better. 
Yeah, and cast different actors. Like, why didn't they do that? <laughs> or like Again, use heavy doesn't make any sense. I think that for a couple of reasons that I can get into also later, but like for a few reasons, I think they should have kept that in. I think that works better for the story. Hmm. Uh, I have – okay, I found the note where I said <laughs> – I wrote, Sam is looking less intensely old in episodes eight and nine. So the two penultimate episodes, I guess. And then – I said good chemistry in Daisy and Sam's brooding stares at one another. Uh, I thought their chemistry just kept getting better and better. That it, and then I had some issues like toward the end. But um, those were my main surface level notes, thoughts. I literally wrote down under episode eight in my notes. Now they're supposed to be like twenty four max, and Billy looks like a fifty year old man. <laughs> like okay, I could not get over it. Like literally 50 and he's not even 50 in real life. I, th- I think he's like 46, <laughs> but still. No, he's probably not even that old. I think he's like 36. No, he's I don't know. I don't know why Sam Cleflin looks that old, but he looked 50 in episode eight. I swear. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it was. I, I stopped being annoyed. Like, I don't know. I stopped Wait, seeing Wait, before it. we before we go to episode eight, episode seven had Simone's whole arc and the whole oh, yeah. like Nikki storyline, which I thought we could talk about mostly just the- to say I love Simone. That was the first in this chunk, right? Yeah. Seven, eight, yeah, nine, yeah. ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched seven, eight, nine, ten. So in seven, we see Simone like starts off the episode. We see her and Bernie. And then we see she gets the telegram from Daisy. And that's and how we end up in Greece. Greece. And that's yeah. like Simone and Bernie sort of start the episode. And then it it they do a really good job, I think, of integrating Simone in these episodes. More so, you know, she doesn't appear like a whole bunch in the first handful of episodes. Mm-hmm. But it's still sort of felt like an afterthought every time her story showed up Mm. and in the book she has even less of a part so it's not a judgment on that it's just like I think if they wanted her to seem like more of a central character they should have maybe put her in the interviews as well like why didn't we get any of her as an older character like I said it's not even in the book so I'm just making this up but I liked Simone a lot I loved Simone and Bernie's storyline I loved this like her turning down the record deal, mm-hmm. her opening up the club with Bernie. All of those things were amazing. I think they honestly could have given us more of that. Yeah, I agree. I think if they had had more episodes, I think if they had they, – I don't think they did a bad job at this. I think you're right, though. What could have maybe taken it up a notch, the entire series up a notch, is giving – a little bit more space. And I don't know if that's like a budget thing. I mean, it's definitely a budget thing. You need more money for more episodes to to act like HBO does for, for instance, The Last of Us and give just like two characters their own episode and let them do their whole thing by themselves and then move on and just to have enough time for all of that. Not everyone is able to do that like HBO's, but I do think you're right. I think this series would have been better if if both Bernie, yeah, if, if they had, if these stories had more time and even like one other episode that was just them. I would also have enjoyed that. Yeah, I would have too. They were like my favorite characters. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I really liked when Simone called out Daisy for being a selfish bitch because I was so mad when Daisy Mm -hmm. asked Simone to be there at the drop of a hat and like Mm -hmm. made it seem like she was dying. I was like screaming in my head that she's a selfish bitch. <laughs> I liked that Simone finally put her in her place. Mm-hmm. I also loved to go back to the beginning of the episode when Simone performs at the club live. She goes to New York. She meets up with Bernie. Yeah. Bernie like introduces her to like where she DJs. Her performance 
live in the club when everyone like knows all the words and she is just like owning the stage. The chills I got from that <laughs> scene were what I wanted from the first time Daisy sang that I didn't mm. get. And like it's okay. It's two different things. But like I feel like she was such a great performer in a way that like I didn't see in the first handful of episodes from Daisy. And I just was like, why didn't they cast somebody better for – well, okay. Oh, I like see, Riley Keough now, I will say. But yeah, in the I beginning, think, I was disturbed by that. I think that's a, a fact – like that's um, a function of – Simone's storyline being better set up for that to be the like aha chills moment. She's ha- she's been str- like we've seen her struggling to connect with her fans and to like for her album to take off, and finally she realizes that all these people know her, and it's exciting. It's more for poignant. Us for yeah, them. the chills yeah. are from that. You're probably right. It was both though. But she is. She was great right. though. She's not just like singing alone in a open yeah. mic night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then the rest of the episode being devoted to Nikki, I just kept thinking, I don't even remember this man's storyline in the book. And again, for listeners, it's been three years since I've read it, so it's not <laughs> that he's totally irrelevant, but the fact that he's in the book and in the show for like just an episode, like that man barely matters. Uh, I can't figure out where I know him from, which is really bothering me because I feel like I'm usually really good at that. When watching something, I can pretty quickly pull up my internal IMDb and just be like, even if I don't know their name, I can. Yeah, I didn't I can, recognize him. It's. Oh, are you looking that up? I can talk while you look that up. <laughs> uh, so I in, don't want to look it up, but oh, wedding season. Oh, I didn't see that. Um. Anyway, but that that makes me feel better. Proud of you uh, for getting it. Did he you look it up looks or did you remember? so odd. I did remember. I started looking it up, wow. um, but I my internet was too slow. Um, thank you. What was I going to say? Oh, he looks so uptight. And at the same time, like the, whatever his costume slash also just like the way his face is, it was like a weird, like entitled dweeby. Yeah. I just like think that was not good casting. rock star. <laughs> well, I don't know I what he was supposed to be like. But I but. didn't even believe him as like, uh, I don't know, sort of like out of control drug addict, like whatever he was giving, it was not matching with the character. And then he was in it for such a short time. So who knows if it's the acting or if it's like the script and the directing. Yeah. It seemed like not the type of person that Daisy would fall for, but also very much the type of person that's opposite. I thought it was going to be was opposite from Billy, but it turned out to be not, not so much the case. Like you're right. He was a drug addict and kind of nutso and did not have it all together. So I wasn't really sure yeah. what that was what the point of that was in the whole In story. the book it's like much darker and m- like there's more drugs, it's more of a like a bottom point for her. Uh the downward spiral is much more I think prominent in the way that they tell it and compared to the TV show. Uh and then also, well, I guess I'm skipping to episode 8, but the way that she like overdoses or whatever is different in the book. So when she she basically like wakes up, sees Nikki, she's like, what happened? She like knows something bad happened. And he's like, oh, I like I put you in the shower or something. And like she doesn't know the whole story. And Billy's not there. So Billy's involvement is is new in the show compared mm. to the book in that whole scene. And and afterwards she still she like breaks up with Nikki. And that's still their end is is right after that night. But but yeah, that part's different. And I I loved that they added that in the show. Like if I was a Tumblr girly, if this was oh, 2010, yeah. oh, I would have been all over that scene. Yeah. Oh, the edits. The edits we would see. Just 
it's funny because I didn't really feel that much emotion watching it. I was just thinking about how much I would have loved it as a 17-year-old. But maybe that's what I mean with like the decomification. But anyways, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else to say about Nikki except what No, I, I was said, glad but... when he was then gone. Yeah. And it was Great. such a blip. So then in episode eight, I have a note that just yeah. says, Daisy prancing around the stage looks like me jumping around while singing karaoke, which is to say not cool. I do think she gets it together. And then actually I was reflecting on this and I was like, well, maybe it's supposed to show her comfort level on stage gets – like improves because Mm -hmm. in episode eight, I was like the first performance of River sounded bad to me and they don't remark on it being bad. So it's not that it's like supposed to be bad, I don't think. But that combined with me thinking Daisy looked cheesy – by episode 10, I was like, okay, Daisy in the cape is like everything. And yeah, Daisy's yeah, yeah. performance, incredible. And then every time they sa- sang River, performed River or The River, it sounded better and better and better and better. So I was like, okay, maybe – I don't – see, I don't think the show is this smart. That's why I'm like, I don't think this is what happened. But that's my takeaway is that they improved on tour. My – so possible. I also think hearing a song – Multiple times. Like. No, no, no. Go back and listen to them sing The River in Albuquerque. (laughs) I swear it's less good than the last time they sang The River. I don't distrust you. I believe you. But I do. I was thinking as I was listening to this. By the time we got to the last episode, I was like, oh, I like these songs. Before I was just sort of like, yeah, these songs are fine. But then I had the thought like, oh, I would like these are going to be stuck in my head. I will go back and listen to this album now. And I really do think it's because just I've heard them at this point a lot. Oh, for sure. And I literally stuck, have yeah. the river in my head right now as we're speaking. And it's not just because I just talked about it, but it's been in there for hours. Yeah. Also, the part where Daisy comes in like halfway through the river, I can't sing, so I'm not even going to try, especially because I'm sick. I will just clip it in here when I edit it. But she <laughs> sings like all alone, so it like cuts to just her and she's like belting. It's like the line where she's just like, in the shadow of the – again, I don't want to try to sing. <laughs> I will clip it and you will hear it later. But okay. it's incredible. Like I get chills from it. And I think Riley Keough is a really, really good – like belt might not be the technical term for it. But when she goes into that sort of like Mixed belt voice. mode, yeah, I yeah. think she's so good and like like what I wanted from Daisy the whole time. I think her like mid tones don't mm. do much for me, but her like singing acoustic, which she does, I think in like episode nine is also really good. I made a note about that. I was like, I would listen to a whole acoustic album of Daisy singing and her belt. Like both of those things give me chills. Mm. And I think just in general over the course of the season, I feel like she had better performances, but again, maybe that's intentional. Like she's not going to be as good when she's 18 as she is when she's 24 and has Mm -hmm. done multiple tours anyway that song is so good i love the river i will be honest with you i don't know the names of the songs so i'm (laughs) nodding but i'm like i don't know what song you're talking about oh my gosh it's the one they sing like oh they show that performance every time they do the tour but like that's the one that they show like every tour stop okay i have so look at us now they sing pretty much every time 
No, no, okay. no, because there's that whole period of time where Billy doesn't want to sing it, right? So then when they sing it on the encore oh, in the right, very last right, episode, right, right. it's like a big deal because they actually haven't sung it any stop on this tour. The river is the – I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'll take you there. I'm going to edit that out so people don't have to think about <laughs> But um, do you know what I'm talking I about I think now? so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I just watched all of them. So all of the songs that are – but yes, okay. I, I liked the ones that they played every time. And I had the thought like, oh, they keep playing these and it's going to become an earworm for me. Like I'm – They do get better. I agree. I had the yeah. same feeling. Um, yeah. I also thought that – okay, the way that they show – this is what you said. Like their chemistry, Billion Daisies, mm. gets really good. And especially in the performances when they're like sharing a mic or she's like leaning yeah, against Yeah, I Billy. was definitely like, kiss. Now kiss. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes. And also all I kept thinking about was, okay, whenever like Harry Styles or Taylor Swift or whoever goes on tour, my whole TikTok is just concert clips. And mm-hmm. Camilla is lucky they didn't have TikTok at the time because <laughs> these clips of Daisy and Billy would have just been edited like crazy and posted mm-hmm. all over TikTok and everybody would have been thirst trapping them mm-hmm. or – Shipping them or whatever yeah, the phrase is. And uh, yeah, p- poor Nikki was had to be there in person watching it, but nobody gives a shit about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was a note that I wrote down was like the internet would have – the fans would have gone nuts over oh, Disney. Oh, feral. And yes. obviously the implication is that even in this time frame, they did. Like mm-hmm. the fans talked about Daisy and Billy together and that that was painful to Camilla. But I think it's different having to see all of those moments, those oh, tour moments. Sure. Yeah. So I I think that they're – yeah, like you said, like we both said, their chemistry got a lot better, um, which then made my – their the decisions in the final episode frustrate me a little bit. Just like the whole like the quickness of the back and forth between like him insisting – or I guess the second to last episode and the last episode of him insisting that he was never going to leave Camilla and then very quickly – when Camilla decided that she wasn't having it. Like just like the tumultuousness of the decisions that went on about their relationship and the pulls or lack thereof. Like it was hard for me to I kept trying to tell myself these are people like for for one part of it, Billy is using again. So that explains some of the sort of like frenetic energy that's happening here. But I thought they did such a good job of building it in those three episodes prior that I then just sort of felt like a weird collapse of, I don't know who I'm supposed to be thinking is, I don't know, is like pulled toward each other in this lap, last episode. I don't know if I'm expressing this well or if you had any similar thoughts. Yeah, I felt similarly in that, uh, like, the love triangle or whatever you want to call it, it, the idea of it in the book, too, is that it's sad for everyone, right? Like, Daisy and Billy feel like they're these halves of a whole that you only find that once in a lifetime, whatever. But they can't be together because they are bad for each other. And I think they do a good job of showing that, especially through, like, Billy sort of, like, relapsing. And then I think the way that he then is drawn to Daisy – in that form of relapse isn't just that's, you know, why we're getting this frenetic energy, but it's also showing us like this is who Billy is with Daisy. So I didn't dislike that. I think, I think what I wanted was similar to what we were talking about with Simone is I, it seemed like all of that happened in like 30 minutes of the last episode. And I maybe would have wanted to see that start an episode and a half earlier. 
that sort of like either him start using again a little bit earlier, not that I want that for him or whatever. Um, but it was just quick to process when I, when the show was ending and there was a lot to happen in that episode that it felt maybe rushed over. Um, yeah, I don't disagree. It could have been done a little bit better. I had more of an issue with the very end, uh, which is not necessarily that different from the book. But I think I blocked it out of my brain from the book because I forgot that it happens. Wait, are so we talking- when you find out Camilla is dead, sure. I'm just jumping now. But- yeah, wait, wait. Can we can we really quickly pause because I have two small comments that have to do with the beginning yeah. of this episode. That Let's I can- go back because not- I have more comments too. Okay, from before. I- in terms of the frenetic energy of Billy, even though I said, like I said, I would have preferred that to be a little less condensed, um, I did think that phone booth scene with him just trying to get Camilla on the phone and then the guy like banging on the door and then realizing that it's him and him just sort of staring back at him as he is offered a drink and the like tear rolling down his cheek. I wrote, I was like, damn, I Sam Claflin, you, here, this is how you got, like I, I'm fine with him being old in this. He can have it. It was a really good scene. It was a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> you disagree. Um, no, it's, it was good. The second note that I have is when Warren and guy whose name I can't remember right now, bassist, who's always Eddie. mad. Thank you. Eddie are talking and Warren is like, why are you not like what what is not enough for you look at all the cool things we had and i wrote down warren is out here practicing gratitudes <laughs> he's <laughs> just happy to be alive he is which is funny because yeah. warren every time he speaks i'm like is this again <laughs> but and he's like i, I don't care i get to do very shit. underutilized yeah but i liked those scenes even though we haven't really gotten much of i mean we've gotten eddie but not really much of warren all of his all. interview scenes were so useless though like <laughs> The one where he was just like, I'm dating a movie star. Like that was cute. Yeah, we can we can see it. <laughs> I hate the telling of the ugh, the narration of the interview scenes. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know. I don't mind it that much. But that yeah, I, I liked at least that he got some monologuing at the end there to try to put Eddie in his place, even though it didn't really work. Or I don't want to say Eddie, put Eddie in his place because I think Eddie had like grievances that were He had worth, fair grievances. Yes, were he was grieving resentful from the beginning which was just a bad situation and i do not like that he and camilla hooked up i think does that that not happen in the books no it doesn't happen in the book and i just i don't know i felt like it sort of messed with what i thought camilla's character was especially in this rendition of it where she's you know she's home with the baby i don't know it feels like it's just the writers wanted her to have like an edge or like not just be the like sad woman sitting at home waiting for her husband. But like Camilla's whole character is this honest, loving person that is willing to say like, you know, spend all your time with Daisy, even though I think something might be going on there because like I'm here for you. I'm here for the band. Like, well, I don't really see that she would just be like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to go sleep with your bandmate. Also, there's no – there was nothing between her and Eddie, and I don't really get the sense that she – it bothers me. It bothers me <laughs> that they included that. Yeah. I I didn't really – it was it was sort of like a 
non-starter part of the show for me. I didn't feel yeah, any way I think they it. just could have excluded it. I think if you think about it too much, which I did, I think it messed <laughs> with Camilla's character and who they were saying she was the rest of the show. Yeah, I also had a problem a little bit with uh, – I mean, now we're kind of skipping ahead. Did you have more to say? I, this was going to be about the final section of the show where they were were mostly in those interviews talking about no. like now. You can do that. Uh, when all of the members were essentially like Camilla is the reason we were in the band. Like she's everyone has this story of like, she's the reason I stayed. She's the reason I joined, blah, 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 blah. Which, sure, we got small bits of. I mean, especially for Daisy, there was that whole scene of her inviting her to the party, like giving her the family speech, that, that, that. And I know that there was that one scene where, um, when Suki, I I can't remember her name. Karen. Karen, yeah. You're so bad at character names. I know. I know. I'm watching a lot of stuff right now. Write them down Um, in your notes when you you read about them. I just wrote Suki. I know. I know you did. Uh, yeah, when, like she, when she's thinking about joining the band, she asked to talk to Camilla, which seemed like an out of place thing at the time when that happened, but I guess it was all leading to this moment, but it just seemed a little forced that last, like, oh, and we all really need to care. Like we've been caring about Camilla a little bit because of just the relationship triangle, et cetera, but you should really care about her more. Like the emotional impact she's had on this band is a lot and like recognize it because look at all these people who would not have joined the band if not for her felt like weird and heavy handed. I didn't love that. The way that Yeah, that it was happened. a little forced. It was like, oh, yeah. we have to be extra sad about this person that died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Also not yeah, in the book. The fact. Well, gotcha. she dies in the book, but she's not the like one pulling all the strings to make the band happen in the book. Got it. Yeah, I didn't didn't love it. I will say, since we're talking about Camilla, just to interject, Camilla's speech to Daisy in the piano room when she approaches Daisy, and I think she says, she's talking about the love triangle, essentially. Uh, Heartbreaking, first of all. I felt like that was one of the first scenes where I was like, they're trying to make me feel some sort of way, and I am feeling it. I wasn't just Mm. like watching through a Tumblr mirror. Uh, And also, Camilla Marone honestly crushed it like best performance of the show best acting i don't want to say she deserves an emmy for it but like it was really really freaking good <laughs> she's like yeah most of her scenes i was like wow this is acting this is and not in the way that i used to say acting to mean bad acting not acting that's, <laughs> yeah that's very confusing no i oh. actually thought she did a really really good job i'm with you i've been saying it since episode one i thought she was yeah. surprising and and good I think I didn't want to like her because I didn't like Camilla in the book, but mm, like the character. Yeah. I liked Camilla's character in this and I liked Camilla Marone. Solid. I want to say when the ending, when it was revealed that the videographer was Billy and Camilla's daughter, I went, ugh, out loud. Also. That's (laughs) so funny. Wait, I knew you were going to hate that. That's hilarious. I literally wrote down, I need to know if Jenny hated the daughter reveal. Uh, yeah, it's the same in the book. And she, it's it's a grown moment for sure. But also it's like – It's like the exact same bit that happens in – That there's like a connection um, between – going to cut that out just in case somebody hasn't read that book yet. Mm. Okay. <laughs> just feels Leave like it. a spoiler. Feels like a spoiler. Uh, yeah. So my thing with – in the book, I liked it because I love a twist. I'm always – I. 
it sounds like based on what you just said about the other book, like that you don't love that sort of like late 11th hour twist. I do love a twist. And I think in the book, what works really well about it is that you then question everything you've just read because not only are you inherently an unreliable narrator as a person being interviewed 50 years later in the book about events that happened 50 years before, but you're talking to either your daughter or the daughter of the man you're in love with when he was married to her mom. So you can't believe anything that anyone has said. And in the book, Daisy and Billy never kiss. And is that because they're talking to Julia? Is it because they did kiss, but they don't want to tell Julia? Like, probably. So then as Mm. the reader, you're sitting there questioning everything you've read. I think in the show, and I I talked about this last podcast episode we recorded, that like I like alluded to there being something I couldn't tell you, but that like it was bothering me that they weren't able to portray it in the show, the like nuance of it. And I I think it just – that that reveal doesn't really do anything in the show. So, okay, a couple things. I do like an 11th hour twist when it's done well. And I don't mind. So based on what I said about the other book that shall not be named that had a similar (laughs) twist Mm -hmm. uh, and this, it seemed like, well, one, it seemed like it had been done before. Like it's a twist that I've seen done before. But at the same time, in this show at least, there was really no groundwork for it done for – like where you could look back and think like, oh, that's why this happened or whatever. And like you just said, I I did think back and think like, oh, yikes, like all of these interviews were being given to a non-third party individual, like someone who clearly has stakes in it. It's really awkward <laughs> that they told her all of this stuff. So weird. Why would you say this to the daughter of your – like, and why would you be so flippant if you are on goods like Eddie, for example, I think she calls him uh, Uncle. I can't remember, but like she calls some of them like I don't know. Probably she calls Uncle Graham her uncle because that he's makes more her sense. Actual uncle. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and like Karen and it, all of the things. Sometimes they're really when they're giving the interviews, they seem like really standoffish, which would have made sense if it were like a VH1 behind the music. It's some person you don't know who's asking you prying questions. Even Daisy. They, it seems like they're like, you know, giving answers to an impartial third person, third party yeah. person. I don't know if it's just the directing that 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 was given to them, but it was a really weird choice to have them act the interviews the way they acted. That's what I was also trying to say the last time we talked about Daisy's responses. Like mm-hmm. Daisy very much seemed like she was like, I, I, I thought it was Riley's acting, and I don't know if it's acting or the directing, but it just seemed like she was like, get me out of here as fast as possible. I'm gonna say these lines but I'm not interested in this conversation at all yeah I uh I don't know I also I don't know if what affected me is that this felt very how I met your mother especially the ending ending I wrote that down all (laughs) (laughs) I wrote down it's giving how I met your mother for now oh so hard and I thought that that was bad (laughs) when it I don't I don't think that's an unpopular opinion at all no um yeah, and th- it just seemed cheap. Like, I hate the ending. Cheap ending. Is this that's how it was, happened? Okay. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say earlier when I jumped too far, is that it does happen in the book. So quickly, the like I said, the ending is – or the interviews are 50 years in the future. So they're like in their 70s. 
Camilla does better. die. Right. And so and mm-hmm. she dies from heart failure as a complication from lupus. In the show, they don't say how she dies. It's and seemingly it's it could be the same thing. Yeah, I thought that they were she has, implying she that. She like adjusts her wig and it but, seems like um, hair loss is a complication from lupus too. Oh, okay. So it, it, I don't know. They don't say it in the show, so who knows? But she dies, and the the book ends with a letter from Camilla to her daughters that says, uh, basically the same thing. Give Daisy, a, tell your dad to give Daisy a call. And I hated it so much in the book that I blacked out of my brain completely because I thought that that was stupid. But that's where it ends. You don't see anything happen. So, like, I, I guess I still could have thought, like, well, maybe it, maybe he never does. But also, like, they're in their 70s, so it felt, like, maybe a little less jarring, even though I still hated it and blacked out from my brain. In the show, where it's only been 20 years, I hated it. And it mm-hmm. – yeah, same reaction to the How I Met Your Mother finale. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of the ending. Not, not at all. Maybe you should drop it down to, like, a B because of it. <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, that <laughs> part disturbs me. I guess I was thinking about it the same way as in the book where I was like, oh, I could just pretend like that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I honestly – I I wish – the actual, like, um, Camilla saying that to her daughter doesn't bother me as much as the scene where we then actually see them meet. And I the can implication agree with that. is that they get back together. Yeah, or – yeah, I can't, couldn't tell if the implication – I think maybe I was doing the same mind gymnastics that you were because in my brain I was like, maybe they're not getting together. Maybe they're just going to talk like old friends. <laughs> like maybe, maybe they're just going to like – We're not supposed to know. Yeah, but I agree. If we're not supposed to know, I think it would have been better if it had been left at Billy and um, Daisy watching that interview with Camilla. Yeah. Oh. Look who should be a TV writer. That would have been good. (laughs) I just did the uh, motion for charades filming. (laughs) So for some reason, I do think the line. Okay, I was on the treadmill as I often am while watching TV, and it's always a little awkward when a show gets too emotional because I don't like to cry on the treadmill. (laughs) That's a really weird sight for everyone around me. But when. Camilla, again, incredible acting by Camilla Marone. When she says she's always been Daisy's biggest fan in that little interview, right before mm-hmm. she says, tell your dad to call her. But the the little speech she gives where she ends it with saying she's always been Daisy's biggest fan, that was really sweet. And I, I think that perfectly sums up the relationship between Daisy and Camilla. And what I think they did a really good job of is in building Camilla's character and Daisy's character as like two women who aren't like cattily fighting over the same man. They're just mature women who understand the situation and again that's why i didn't like that camilla slept with eddie and i don't mind that camilla ends it with tell your dad to give her a call if they're 70 i think (laughs) 20 years later i don't i still don't think camilla would be like i mean maybe she says like oh like they should reconnect and have a chat. I don't know. Like, I feel like, or like there, consider forgiving, like consider yeah. putting aside your differences or something. Or like, there's a way to say whatever. like, you got like you don't have to ice her out for the rest of your life without being like, call her up, like mm-hmm. start a fling. Yeah, which wink, is the wink. implication here, <laughs> which I think is just so weird. It's I agree with jarringly you. weird. I agree. I think a couple of things that you saying that reminded me is I had the feeling so. I don't know if I if I felt the exact same way about Camilla and Daisy's relationship. I think I would have preferred again more time with them because there there weren't that many scenes with them actually being 
like respectful of one another or in the same room and they they were separate a lot of the time and a lot of the scenes that they were together were you know emotionally charged the scene where she says her daughter wants to be exactly like Daisy when she grows up but then there's also this underlying like does she want to start a family it can't be with Billy like there is that tension and the kind of competition in that not not blatant but still there and I think I would have preferred one seeing a little bit more of that of what we sort of saw in the very beginning when Camilla invited Daisy to the party and was like I see how great you can be together and then that sort of dropped off because of all of the sort of infighting and the bad vibes um tied in with that the the cast the cast of the band all say things about like being a family early on and then Daisy in the last episode I think she says something um it's like you've left family before when she's leaving the band and she's going to to um therapy or to rehab (laughs) rehab thank you (laughs) which hopefully involves some therapy as well uh and she says yes but never a family I've liked so much before loved so much before and I thought that was a touching line but I didn't have like anything to back it up. I don't know. Like, I don't I think agree. I saw that much of them. That was a, a little odd to me. I actually thought to myself, oh, she means the band? Are we sure? Right. <laughs> like there's just there was really that no wasn't their vibe. Relationship development background like that. I wish I, I feel like there could have been more of that done and that would have hit harder. even just like little scenes of like yeah, them all hanging out on the tour bus or like knowing each other outside of just – we really just got their performances and their fights. Yes. And yeah. that – yeah. I think, again, maybe that's why the show feels less authentic to me and more glossy is because like it has that sort of like skimming over all the depth feeling to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's leaving us to do a lot of the work of, oh, well, they tell us they're a family, so I get – we better believe it. Like – where I don't know, I'm not willing <laughs> to do yeah. that without I agree. without them backing it up. Um, I think that was the you. I had maybe three things. Maybe I just had two. Yeah. Okay. I have that. other random notes. Yeah. Go for if it. We're in the random notes section. Mm-hmm. I freaking love the glittery cape over the bodysuit outfit. That Daisy I said that wore. too. Oh my I god! I said Daisy's jumpsuit is something. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with it, and it just like moves so well, and it's so fun. Taylor Swift, take note. <laughs> for the Eras tour. So I texted you. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, but you had been talking about you were, had a huge problem with the costumes early on. Mm-hmm. I want to know if that has changed. But also I was reading some interviews with the costume designer for the show and I sent you some quotes and it turns out they did a lot of mixing and matching. Forgive me if I've said this on the podcast before, but basically like they sourced a lot of vintage stuff. They did use some current stuff that was vintage inspired and sort of like did a mix and match of based on what they needed and what they thought worked. Um, a lot of pieces like people in the seventies were thrifting a lot from people in like the forties and fifties and whatever. So they actually thrifted pieces from the forties to use as like costumes that people in the seventies might be wearing, including I think that like, um, butterfly cape jumpsuit oh, no way. That's cool. Yeah. And um, the costume designer said when they started, she had a f- completely different wardrobe laid out for Daisy based on what she had read in the books. And then when she saw Riley Keough 
embodying the character and like moving around and doing those arms and like the way that she floats more than anything else um, that really informed the rest of the costumes that they brought in, which I thought was interesting. Just a little side note. I think we need to stop texting each other because I also don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or if we just texted about that. So no more texting, I guess. All right. I'll talk to you only on the podcast. I do think I – so I didn't have any notes that were positive about the costuming other than Daisy's outfit, but I don't have any negative notes. I do think what sticks out to me as a negative for the costuming is Daisy in the first few episodes in her like pre-joining the band – era and I just in my mind Daisy is just wearing free people in all of those scenes and maybe she is like maybe that's where they really leaned on the like free people urban outfitters stuff and maybe the like lighter episodes were all vintage I don't know it didn't bother me anymore major props for the glittery cape situation that was beautiful yeah, pretty good agreed other note I texted you this but I didn't give away the the ending of it uh well, okay, I said Sam Claflin's voice is bad and it's a jump scare every time he sings. I <laughs> yeah, you sort of stand by that because even in these last few episodes, like there were moments where Daisy was sounding really good and he would come in with this harmony and I was like, please stop. It's so bad. But I figured it out. At least I, I thought about it more and what I've I've determined that it's similar to another situation that okay. I can maybe back up more with my explanation. So in Rent – Roger mm-hmm. is great. Sounds great. Adam Pascal, incredible performance. Great singer. He's very Roger, right? Like his voice is perfect for Roger. Have you seen Rent or do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, I've listened to the soundtrack. Yeah, I've yeah, not you, seen so it. So you know what I'm but, talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Roger, Adam Pascal, sorry. In Aida, 100% wrong. I it's nails on a chalkboard. I, all I hear is Roger from Rent, and his he just has like such a specific voice, and it's very good. But it's it needs to be in the right setting, and I don't have an example of Sam Claflin in the right setting. But I think the analogy here is like he has an objectively good voice, and I will clip a part where it's not in the show, but I was listening to the soundtrack today on Spotify, and he sings on the song called "Please," which mm. I'm pretty sure they don't put the actual like full thing in the show or this part but he sounds really really good in that song Hmm. and it's when he's singing alone and for some reason when he's in these songs with daisy and in these performances that they show in the in the show i just don't think he sounds good it's (laughs) just not working for me and so my my best analogy was actually i thought of um i'm gonna bleep this but it first made me think of uh no it made me think of from high school (laughs) like the way he like with his voice. Oh Lord. Like That's objectively good singing, but like do you know what I mean? That sort of like sound to it. The like try hard sound. The try hard sound? Uh yeah, kind of. <laughs> so that's what I'm getting from Sam Coughlin in the end. But I will I'll clip yeah, I'll clip a part where he sounds really, really good in the song Please on the soundtrack. Yeah, I'm just interested to, to know. put a positive next to my extreme negative. I feel like I am often so picky about things like this, but for whatever reason, maybe just like this entire show, I just sort of suspended my – I didn't because I had things that I picked on like we just talked about through this entire episode. But the singing, like the the musical aspects of it, at no point was I jarred and – like hmm. either made any sort of displeasure sound or like thought to text you to say, hey, I know what you're talking about. I think I just 
didn't mind. And maybe it's because there are some 70s bands where I don't think the singing is A plus all the time, but I think the song is good. And maybe that is like, that's why that worked for me. But, but I definitely didn't think nails on a chalkboard. So now I'm interested in hearing the passage that you do think is good. Cause I would go back and like compare to the others. I want to know, know what I wonder if I can on. find the one that was like really jarringly bad to me and clip that also. Hmm. All right. That is, I think everything I had, I don't know yeah. if you had any more notes. No, I, I, we haven't talked about Karen and Graham, but I don't really have thoughts on that no, other than sad. like. It was, yeah, it was sad and I thought oh. they did, did it well. It wasn't like a big part, but. I think they did it well. I think I'm over, it's the simpler, nothing, like nothing wrong with the acting or the storytelling itself. That Like I, I liked their whole arc. Um, I do think I'm a little bit over those heartbreaking stories where people just don't communicate well. And that's what. Make, like <laughs> makes their relationship crumble. I'm talking your normal people's mainly like anything, <laughs> anything written yeah. by Sally Rooney. Everything where, Sally Rooney's ever written. Yeah, I just as soon as that there was that moment in the interview, which was like, yeah, ha- would have been heartbreaking. But I just had the reaction of like, ugh. Again, when Karen says like, I told him what he needed to hear, but I didn't tell the truth. Yeah, that also Tumblr would have been all over that. But I was just sort of like screw you you don't get to decide what someone else needed to hear like that's not on you you should have just told him the truth and you could have dealt with it like adults anyway I was just a little over them (laughs) it was a little cliched yeah I think it's the same in the book but yeah I just I really love Suki Waterhouse I'm me too they could have put her in here more Mm -hmm. um I did think I did actually have this down as a note so I will say where she said I'm not quitting a band to raise a baby are you uh when he says like you can take time off I always struggle with stuff like that nowadays with lines like that in books and movies, TV shows, whatever, because I'm like, my initial, my knee-jerk reaction is like, oh, this is so pandering. But then it's like, okay, fuck yeah, like, great, I'm, great line, like, I agree. But my knee-jerk reaction is like, it's, I don't, and I don't know if that's just because it's become a cliche to be like, let's really hammer in the women empowerment, women independence thing, that now when it happens, I'm just like, eye roll. But I should be happy about it. I don't know. This is like a very nuanced reaction, and I I don't know how to explain it. But no, I, I yeah, I hear where you're coming from. I can't. I feel like I've had that same reaction with a with something else recently, and I maybe it was also in Daisy Jones. It wasn't this specific scene. Was it when she I, says, "I'm not your muse. I'm the somebody." Daisy says oh, that early on. No, that was a yeah, but yeah, that I probably bumped on in the same way. No, I think it was a different show. I'll have to think of it later. It's like ultimately positive. I really like don't want to criticize it. It's just like – and for the fact that it's in the 70s, like also, okay, it makes sense. I just want to comment specifically on this one. I think this this specific clapback didn't bother me because his immediate reaction is like, you can quit the band. And it's sort of, maybe she didn't need to say, I'm not quitting to raise a child. Are you, she could have just said like, are you quitting the band to raise a child? Because he had just said, like, I, I didn't mind that gut reaction to Yeah. No, it was an appropriate assuming, reaction. Yeah. Maybe it was just the writing. Like they could have, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the show better. was very, um, this, and I don't mean corny in the, what I'm about to say, but it still sort of goes with that feeling of like, it's not 
as authentic feeling as it needs to be. It, the show does a lot in the way of like, I'm going to tell you this instead of show you this, which I talk yeah, about a lot. But yeah. the even in the scene where it's such a blip, in the scene where, where they're back in Pittsburgh and I think it's Graham and Karen again. And Graham says, we didn't even come to this neighborhood when I was a kid. And Karen says, and now you've bought your mom a, a house here. <laughs> like even just that, I was like, oof, I would have rewritten that. Like mm-hmm. give the audience a little bit of credit for – using their brain cells, like say like, oh, what a lovely neighborhood to have bought your mom a house. I don't know. Like (laughs) just rewrite it a little bit and make it a little less like hitting the nail on the head, (laughs) whatever that sign is. No, yeah, I totally agree. Just refinements. Like they they were almost there. They could have done a little bit better. Yeah. But that's it. That's all I've got. Overall, enjoyed the show. Honestly, I could see myself rewatching this one day. It's just the kind of show that's like easy to enjoy. Yeah, I don't know if even I would if it's not like, but I understand the sentiment. A. Yeah, yeah. I will listen to the music probably, even though like I don't love it, and I think a lot of it is like very <laughs> mid. Uh, it's just who I am as a person. If there's a show about a fake band, I will listen to the fake band's music <laughs> until I get sick of it. I will also probably listen not to all the songs. Um, I don't know if I will listen to the honeycomb look at us now anymore. You've That's already just, hit that, that one too many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I do have one final thing. I either Eddie actor who plays Eddie sounds exactly like Sam Claflin or they forgot to record a new edit of that song because when he leaves the stage and his harmony continues to be sung, I wrote down who's singing Billy's harmony, <laughs> and oh, then funny. later I they pan over. That. Later they pan over to Eddie, and he seems to be singing the harmony. But I was a little like, I feel like that's no different than. <laughs> I'll have Poppins to go was. back and listen. I would guess that yeah, they just the didn't encore. re-record. Probably not. Um, also, I know we've already talked about this, but that scene where she they're like kissing off stage, and then they go on for the encore, and then he's crying after she gives this speech about. All of that felt rushed. We, I don't need to go over that again. And then she is singing the song and like mouths to him go. It was all of this emotional stuff that would have landed better if it had been given more time to, if there was, yeah, yeah, I didn't love to develop that specifically. Like when he's crying and he leaves and she says go, it, it did feel a little rushed to me. I will say one of my favorite scenes was the parallel of singing Look at Us Now and Billy leaving to go chase Camilla. Because and I and maybe this was lost on you because earlier you said they sang this song at every show, but the reason that they hadn't sang, sung this show in all these these times is because for Billy that song is about leaving Camilla and not right. having the like picture perfect family that he promised her or feels like mm-hmm. he should have given her, and so it's really hard for him to sing this song. And I think I really liked that parallel of him going and chasing after her while he's unable to sing that song. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that's I think that was, that was like one of the only moments I feel like in this show that was like very well poignant constructed, <laughs> executed well. I just wish, like I said, I wish the other emotional like turning points would have been a little bit better spaced out. I agree. So I think overall better. the show had some pacing issues. That's pretty – I'm pretty certain mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> pretty – yeah, pretty sure that's feel the like case. Feeling right about that. Yeah. Shall but we wrap? Agreed. Are we – Overall, uh, loved it. 
And by loved it, I mean just like I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> loved it, but like <laughs> didn't. I know what you meant. Yeah, it loved was, it is it a was strong term. I just mean it was super easy to watch. Exactly. Until the freaking him yim turn. Anyway, we don't have to talk about it. I think I've never heard anyone say him yim. <laughs> but yeah, I literally, it's so funny that I also wrote down it's, yeah, the How I Met Your Mother-esque finale, which Ugh. I will block from my brain. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Catch yeah, us we'll return. Uh, in a few days with our next TV check-in. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 